Good morning, Good Shepherd. Whether you are live or live stream, I'm Talbot Davis, the pastor here at Good Shepherd. And uh, like the video said, we're in this series. I really put all my creative energy into titling this series, Church. How about that for creativity? And uh, because I realized, we realized, we're living in an era where everybody is a self-appointed expert on things they actually don't know anything about. And so when you're on social media, everybody are, are telling what the church needs to do and what it ought not to do. And this is why I hate it. And this is why I love it. And so we thought it would be really wise if we stepped back and, and took a few weeks and thought reflectively, soberly, biblically, well, what does the Bible say that the church is for? What is church for anyway? And last week, as the series began with a message called The Church, we, we learned together, hey, the, the, the church protects the gospel so it can proclaim it, de defends it, to declare it. And today, as we move into week two of the series, Church, another super creative title, it's called This Church you're welcome. This church, part one, well, and which means next week will be this church part. Yes, you're, you're tracking. And uh, so this, why has God allowed there to be this particular expression, good shepherd, of his much larger body of the church? And to help us answer that question, and even better, how does that intersect with my life and how does that, that intersect with your life? The, the reason that God has allowed there to be this church has something to do with all of our lives. And so uh, in the biblical library, if you have your Bible with you, there is a, a, a letter in the what we would call the correspondence section of the library, and it's called Ephesians. So if you have your Bible and it looks like this, flip the pages to it, or if it's on your phone, scroll down to it. Ephesians chapter four and verses 13 through 16. And when I say it's in the correspondence section of the biblical library, I'm not exaggerating. A good chunk of the New Testament is devoted to real letters written by a real man, Paul, usually, pastor, author, missionary, to real churches going through real issues made up of real people. And in this case, he writes a letter to the church in the ancient city of Ephesus. And Ephesus is what is in today, Turkey. And this was a church with a lot of divisions and a lot of uncertainty and, and people acting actually kind of like grown up babies. And so Paul has to address a lot of things that are going on in their lives. And, and so just keep a finger there at Ephesians chapter four. And what I've just told you about the Bible and you know, not a book is a library correspondence section of the library. All that is just kind of factual. A lot of people don't know it, but it's still just the, the way it is. The, the other thing that we believe and remind ourselves about at the Bible moves into the realm of a deep conviction. And it may be an issue you're still wrestling with or you're not sure about. We just like to have clarity with you about where we stand in leadership here. And it's this place. We believe that the Holy Spirit, that God's Holy Spirit put his life into its words, his truth onto its pages. Unlike any other library on planet earth, this one is inspired, which literally means God breathed. It is God breathed, eternal and true. And because we believe that about the Bible, when we talk about it, and some of you already beat me to the punch, we lift it up. And, and if you haven't been here before or you haven't tuned in before and you see phones in the air and Bibles in the air and, and you're just, just like, that's kind of weird, it's kind of strange. And, and we don't deny it. 
But what we have discovered is that this is a moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community where a collection of people joyfully surrendered to the authority of the word ready for his power to be let loose in our lives. Amen. And before I say any other words, let's pray. So Lord, thank you. We've been able to sing about the Holy Spirit, sing to the Holy Spirit. And I now call on that same Holy Spirit, your power made evident and visible in this life. Fill me now from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet with your truth and your goodness and your beauty and your joy. And do that same thing with all who are in the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we have a, uh, a photo for you, gonna put it up on the screen and it may uh, fill you with memories of what you went through as a kid or maybe if you're a parent of younger children, what you're uh, having them go through now and that's when you go into the kitchen and you wanna measure how quickly or not your children are growing and you, you put them up against the pantry door, the kitchen door and you get the ruler and you get the pencil and you mark, well, here's where they are in, in September of 2021. And, and that helps you measure that against where they will be September of 2022. And, and, and some of you with larger families, you know, here's how the brother is measuring up to the sister and measuring their growth. Imagine being me and I had, I'm the youngest of eight, and sing all those names of, I mean, I couldn't even remember all their names, there are so many, all those names of all those brothers and sisters going up that, uh, up that door. And it, will I ever catch up to those people who had such a head start on me? And, and for most of you, you know, some, some of you like, yeah, we do this now. And others of you, I remember doing it way back when there's nostalgia and there's urgency. And, and, and in most cases, those children, they, they grow pretty naturally. By and large, you don't have to give them growth hormones to get them to do it. They just do it naturally. In fact, I remember there was a, a, a couple who had a, she was three or four years old and, and she was just growing very quickly. And when they would keep making the marks up and up and up the door, they finally told her, we're just gonna have to put a brick on your head so you'll stop growing. And she believed them. She's in therapy now, and I think we have some, some, idea, some ideas why. So there, there's the, just that whole notion of growth, measuring growth. And believe it or not, as, as we spend a few weeks talking about church, and as we drill down and talk about this church, that whole concept of growing people and growth in people has everything to do with why we believe that God allows there to be this church. Because it, one thing that we are passionate about and one thing that we are committed to is this thing called growth, maybe more specifically called spiritual growth which really is another way of saying human growth because we believe all of life is spiritual. I don't know if you know that or not. You don't have a, a spiritual life and then you have every other day life. No, it's all, it's all spiritual. And we believe, we believe that God has allowed this church to be at this very place at this very time, not so that we would grow a big church, but so that we would grow big people. And so we are, I just really wanna to talk to you for a few moments and I'm, and I'm letting you know right at the very beginning, hey, here's what we're talking about. We are 
talking about spiritual growth in individual lives. And, and sometimes people also call spiritual growth discipleship. Now, after telling you all that, can, can I confess to you sort of an obstacle I have created for my own self right here at the beginning? Would you nod if that's okay? And I can see you nodding on live stream. A little obstacle that I've created. When, when you hear a phrase like spiritual growth, we want you to grow spiritually. And you hear that, oh, it comes from discipleship, which is a word that comes from discipline. Most of you are like, oh Lord, given me something else to do, putting another burden on me, that spiritual growth is somehow my duty. Spiritual growth is one more obligation. Thanks for having me come to church today, Talbot, because my life is already busy enough, and now you've given me one other thing to add to my plate that's already way too full. Now I gotta grow spiritually, and what's the point of it all anyway? And I don't know if I can answer all those questions, but you know what I do know? I know that a lot of you here, because you tell me, a lot of you have relationship problems. You struggle with friends. You're alienated from your brothers and sisters. You can't get along with your parents. You're always in the middle of some drama at work. And you just feel like you have relationship problems all over the place. Well, I want you to know, you don't have relationship problems. You have a discipleship problem. You have a spiritual atrophy problem. Spiritual muscles that should be growing are instead shrinking and shriveling. And the way that that manifests is, hello, you're the one in the middle of all these broken relationships. Others of you have attitude problems. You're always on edge, feel full of anxiety. You're looking for ways to be offended. In fact, some of you wake up in the morning and you can't wait till you find the first person who does you wrong and you're gonna keep track of all the people who do you wrong all day. And when you wake up with that kind of attitude, you're never disappointed because mark my words, if you are looking for ways to be offended, that search will always be rewarded. And it is the most miserable win you've ever had. And you think you have an attitude problem. You don't have an attitude problem. You have a discipleship problem. You have spiritual muscles that should be growing and instead they are atrophying and it just manifests, it reveals itself as an attitude problem. And others of you, you have some behavioral issues, some compulsive behavior. And it may have to do with gambling or may have to do with cutting, it may have to do with internet clicking, it may have to do with beer. I don't know exactly what your compulsion is, but I just know that it is killing you and those around you from the inside out. And I want you to know that when you peel back the layers of that onion, you don't really have a compulsion problem. You don't have a behavior problem. You have a discipleship problem. You have spiritual muscles that should be growing and you have allowed them to go through atrophy and it just reveals itself as this behavior you cannot control. So yeah, you, you may feel like, oh man, spiritual growth is such a burden. Why, why are you giving me one more obligation, Pastor Talbot? And it feels that way, but then when you realize, well, look at the alternatives, 
Look what happens when I don't, and for so many of you, so much of your life is just sort of snapped into focus. Because really, what I know is that a lot of you, live streaming and live, you said yes to Jesus years and years and years ago. Maybe it was at a church service or maybe it was at a camp meeting or maybe it was in a conversation, but you said yes to Jesus and you knew that when you died, you would go to heaven because you said yes to Jesus. But in the intervening years, you've said no to him all too often, no to continuing to grow in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. You knew there were things he was inviting you to do. You knew he was inviting you to know his word better and to love his people more. And for whatever reason, you just said no because you knew you were going to heaven when you died. Well, listen, if all God wanted from us was to get our souls saved, then as soon as someone becomes a Christian, well, they would die. Mission accomplished, soul saved, come on up and don't even pass go. But of course, that almost never happens. And so it must mean that God has much, much more in store, much, much more in mind for you and for me and for all of us, not just in the church, but at this church. Really for a lot of us, when we think about where we are spiritually, it's, it's like if you saw a baby playing in some dirt playing in a sandbox like they used to have in playgrounds. I don't think they'd have them anymore, but playing in a sandbox and that baby would be playing in that dirt and having a fine time in that dirt, maybe eating that dirt, certainly not cleaning that dirt off of them because that's just what babies do. You would notice that. You would think, isn't that cute? I'm so glad that's not my kid and I have to clean them up, but isn't that cute? It's normal and appropriate. But what would you do if you saw a 20-year-old man playing in that same dirt the same way that you'd call the authorities, wouldn't you? Well, in the same way, in the same way, we have so many people who chronologically, 20 or more, in terms of when they said yes to Jesus, and yet spiritually are living as spiritual infants. And I have to believe that one of the reasons God has allowed there to be this church, I I have to believe that that one of the reasons that, that God has laid it on our hearts to be this kind of church, to define ourselves in terms of inviting all people into a living relationship with Jesus is because we have this passion not to grow a big church, but to grow people. We have this passion to help you understand exactly what God has in store for you. And I love how Paul talks about when he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And remember the church that he writes to in Ephesus, all kinds of relationship issues. They had Jewish people and Gentile people and they couldn't get along. They were real people with real issues. And Paul gives them some real direction. And look at what he says. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 13 says this, because he's, he, he's told them, spent the first couple, first three chapters, it's really breathtaking what he's done. He, he, he's talked about, ah, in, in Jesus, you, you Jews and you Gentiles, you're all one new person in Jesus. And then as chapter four is open and he said, he's said, this is why there are leaders in the church so that they can help you do these things. I'm fixing to tell you. And that's where we pick it up at verse 13 until we all reach unity in the faith. Remember, Paul says, this is why you have pastors and teachers, people leading the church, so that under their guidance, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Down at verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature. So you got mature and grow and mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. What does it do? Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work over and over. Grow and mature and grow and mature and grow and mature. And what I want you to know is Paul's tenor, his mood as he writes these words and as the Ephesians heard these words and read these words. It's not one of obligation. It's one of opportunity. Hey, hey, Ephesian church, you all get to grow into Jesus, not because you gotta grow, you get to grow. Not, not as one more duty that I'm laying on you, but as your design that God has put within you. This is not some great demand from on high. It's releasing your destiny from within. And, and all these times that we feel like, man, People are making us do stuff, you know? You, 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 get, you get made to do your homework and you get made to eat your vegetables and you get made to get your head examined. And, and, and it feels like when, when I say grow spiritually, there's something else I'm being made to do. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. You're totally misreading it. it. It's not a burden. It is a blessing I'm giving you to grow up into Jesus because here's what I want you to know, good shepherd, you, you're not made to grow. You're made to grow. It's not a got to, it's a get to. You have been divinely designed and wired from within so that your spiritual muscles would not atrophy, but that instead they would grow in strength. You and you and you and you, you're not made to grow. I'm not putting another burden on your life. You're made to grow. I'm getting you in touch with your deepest genetics. This is how God has designed you. And why in the world would we settle for less? See, this whole notion of, of, of being designed to grow, made to grow, that God always has more for me and more for you. It's really, really goes, goes deep into my own story, my own journey of faith. When, when I was about 24, 25 or so, and, and uh, I had said yes to Jesus when I was 17. So I'd been a Christian for about seven years, but I was really in a place of spiritual atrophy. You know, I had, my, I had my ticket punched. I knew where I was going, I hope. I knew where I was going if I were to die and what's the use and let me just, I was just kind of going through the motions of faith. Anybody else ever done that? And what I found is, is that I was in, all, all these relationships were kind of conflicted. I wasn't getting along with my in-laws very well. I wasn't getting along with my parents very well. And, and at work, I always felt like somebody was out to get me. And I was like, man, why do I have all these relationship problems? Guess what, good shepherd? I didn't have relationship problems. I had a discipleship problem. That muscles that should have been growing, I was allowing to atrophy. And the way all that got revealed was that I was in the middle of all this conflict. And then a friend introduced me to the book of Ephesians and I opened it up and I was able to read it. And I was like, wow, 
This is so different from what I had thought. God is not done with me yet. Spiritual life can be an adventure. Why live life empty when you can have the fullness of God? And man, I wouldn't give anything. I wouldn't give anything for that season, for that season of life. You're not, you're not made to grow. You're made to grow. And some of you are like, because you just clapped, I guess. You're like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. I, I, I believe you, Talbot, but how? Especially how it, at, at this church, because you're talking about how does this happen at this church that people grow? How does all that happen? Well, uh, you know, for some of you, it's that, it's that realization that spiritual growth never happens by accident, but always on purpose. Unlike when your kids grow up the pantry door in your kitchen and there's really nothing you can do to stop it. And even if you put a brick on their head, spiritually speaking, it happens by design. It happens when a saved person says, yep, I've said yes to Jesus the first time. And now I have the privilege, not the responsibility, the privilege, the opportunity of saying yes to him every day the rest of my life. It's why we have this wonderful thing going on at our church. It's not just the church, there's people all over the community and in fact, all over the United States who are in this community called the Word Before the World. And, and a lot of you are nodding already. And, and because we have realized, man, if, if people wanna have a purpose in their spiritual growth, it does involve the Bible. And we don't wanna be one of those churches that just says to people, read the Bible, will you? Because that's what I did for like my first 25 years of being a pastor. Just read the Bible, Where do I, just read it. No, the Bible is an often alien, but always thrilling landscape. And you just need a guide to help you through it. And that's why every morning, Monday through Friday, we give people the opportunity to start their day in the word instead of in the world. And, and if you go to the, the, the uh, yeah, that sign up, you go to that sign up, gsumc.org slash email, scroll to reading prompts. We will add you to the list. I mean, the list is actually quite massive. It's also on social media. And it's like the friend said to me earlier, uh, this has been such a game changer in his life. And I'm like, yeah, that's because instead of having his mind shaped by Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, his mind is now being shaped by Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Instead of being propelled by what's urgent, oh, who won the game? What, 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 what the latest poll show? How many likes did I get overnight? And so that's the urgent stuff and that's killing you. He's now propelled by what is ultimate. And when you start your day in the word rather than in the world, somebody told me that just this morning, they didn't even know I was preaching on this, just this morning before the 1030 service. It makes the rest of the day so much healthier and go so much better. So if you, if you sign up for that, we're in the book of Proverbs, by the way. Proverbs chapter eight, I think is where we pick it up tomorrow. We'd love to add you to this very large list. And, 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 and when, you, when you say, yeah, my spiritual growth, I, I gotta make a decision for it. it. It's a get to, not a got to, but I have to own it. It's, it's on purpose. I believe that your growth will be little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, then abundance. 
It's like process, 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 breakthrough. Daily, 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 monumental change. That's the way that it, that it works. In, in, in my own life, my, my areas of where I have needed to grow spiritually doesn't have to do a lot with Bible content because I've been doing this a long time and studying a long time. I'm pretty good on that. Y'all be in trouble if I wasn't pretty good on that. But, but that doesn't mean I, I don't have all kinds of emotional hangups. And so what, what I realized really within the last couple of years is how second nature it is for me to bring a conversation back to me. See, I'm doing it right now. For, 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 for bring the conversation back to me, go, go fishing for some compliments. And what I've been able to see over the last couple of years of doing the word before the world is that's sick. That's my second nature and it's sick and God has brought it to my mind and not perfectly, but increasingly, I've been able to edit all that junk out and realize I'm not made to grow. I'm made to grow. And also for others of you, uh, others of you, 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 you're gonna need to realize it doesn't happen in isolation, but it does happen in community. Your, your spiritual growth, discipleship. Now, every once in a great while, but it's exceedingly rare, people can grow deep and mature and strong kind of by themselves, some usually out of necessity, but that's not the way that God has designed us. It instead happens in community. This is, why, uh, this is why Paul puts it this way. Look at what he says in, in verse 16. I, I love this of, of chapter four. We looked at it once already. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. The whole body. Look at that word ligament. You see the word ligament there? I love that Paul used that. Did you know that's where we get the word religion? Has the same root, ligament, religion. Ah, oh, you're seeing the L-I-G. You know, it's so funny. People will, will say, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Which is just kind of their way of saying, I make up my own rules and I don't need anybody to help me through this. Bull! Religion, properly understood, realizes that we are all ligamented together, that growing people connect with growing people and a community creates its own momentum. You know how you know this is true because churches where, where there's mostly spiritual atrophy, they fight all the time. And the reason churches with a lot of spiritual atrophy fight all the time is because there's no adventure in their own growth so they got to create the drama somewhere and they do it with their own fussing and fighting. Well, what a, what a better opportunity God gives us to realize, ah, I am in this religion thing and it's good because it means I'm connected to other people. I'm dependent on other people and I'm the inher I inherit this ancient truth. I don't invent my own and when we, when we inherit this truth, when we, when we defend the gospel to declare it, man, and then we are in groups together, that's where spiritual growth happens. And that's why, Good Shepherd, this church is all about groups and groups and groups, life groups and short-term grow groups and need-specific care classes. We, we just want everyone together in a, a, a group. And it, that's why at the end of the service, you know, got 
one more thing or two more things I'm gonna say, but when we're all done, I'm gonna be at the, at the welcome desk and Chris there, who's really kind of oversees so much of our discipleship, he'll be there with you. We would love to start that conversation with you about how you can get connected. Yeah, you're, 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 you're saying, speaking truth, Tal, but I would like to get in a group. Well, sometimes people ask me, well, do y'all have a Wednesday night service? I'm like, no, we got 80 of them going on every day of the week in people's homes and here on campus. And that's where spiritual growth really happens. It doesn't happen in isolation and it always happens in community. And we'd love to help you get connected that way. Why? You're not made to grow. You're made to grow. Because I don't know. I just have this real wish that so many of the people of Good Shepherd would get the brick off their head and would begin to grow up into Jesus. And as a result, you would, you would look at yourself in September of 2022 compared to September of 2021. And you'd realize you know Jesus better now than you did then. You're more familiar with his word and you're allowing it to shape your thinking. You're not just waiting to go to heaven after you die. You're experiencing the joy of heaven in the here and the now. And you're not always in the center of all the drama at work and drama in your family and, and, and drama even at church because your relationships are characterized by harmony. You're loving and letting yourself be loved. And at the end of every day, you're able to put your head on the pillow with a clean conscience and you can't wait to get up the next morning and start all over again. And that, and then will be when we realize why God has allowed there to be this church full of people who aren't made to grow. They're made to grow. Let's pray. So Father, thank you for that which is not obligation, but is instead celebration. Thank you for the thrilling truths that you put deep within us. And I ask God, that even in this season, with all the turmoil in our world, that you would use it to grow big people at Good Shepherd people so deeply in love with you, with spiritual muscles growing stronger every day. Build our lives now, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.